Real news. Welcome everyone to the Tori Sess Show. I'm your host, Tori. So today is September 30th, 2019. It's Halloween month coming and there are going to be a lot of treats to a lot of tricks. Um, I look forward to October because that's the month that I prep for Christmas because I'm the person that on November 1st has the Christmas wreath on her door, (laughs) decorations going up. I am that person in the neighborhood um, that, you know, streams Christmas music from November 1st, maybe earlier too. Um, Wow. We have a lot to talk about. This weekend has been crazy, crazy. In the respects that, whoa, Alex Jones is now like Walter Cronkite for sure. Everything he's been saying all these years is like right on point. And we have the most unapologetic attack on our nation the world has ever seen. I personally, I mean, I'm not the type of person that really cares what other people think of her, right? You kind of do sometimes, you know, I don't care because, you know, you don't put a roof over my head. You don't feed me. You don't give me health care. So I really don't care what you have to say. You're not in my life, but we kind of do right now. I'm just telling you, if I was America as a person, I'd be totally embarrassed, embarrassed on a global scale. They are embarrassing every single one of us. It is the most disgusting thing I have ever seen. And you know what? A lot of people are going to be like, well, the Democrats are just ridiculous. They're disgusting. They're evil. They are. But most evil of all is that mainstream media that pushes it. It is because think if they didn't have that bullhorn, no one would be not everyone would be none the wiser. They would have been removed from office. They would have run with their tail between their legs. Instead, you know, they have egg on their face. You know, you can see the corruptions. I mean, right now, the only thing standing, uh, you know, less for them to do is to, you know, come up to a podium and start speaking and then removing their skin and saying, hey, we're not really human, you know, and then people would be like, oh, you're so brave. This is just how disgusting it is. No one is paying attention to what is really going on because the mainstream media is telling you focus on this. Look at this. Mainstream media is the problem here. The mainstream media is the problem here. They are the PR arm for for the nefarious. You know, because if the mainstream media did their job, right, then what we were talking about on September 20th, how Inspector General Horowitz said with his own mouth, this dossier was salacious and unverified. That would have been wall-to-wall coverage if... The person that was under special counsel investigation was a Democrat. And if, if, if they don't care, they don't care that my hard earned federal tax dollars were spent on an investigation based on BS. They don't care. That's not important. It's not important that the day that James Comey met with President Trump to brief him on the dossier, he had just signed off on the renewal of the FISA warrant. Are you kidding? Who buys this stuff? Who believes this stuff? It's it's incredible watching That's them. Your fellow. It's incredible just watching them. And, and you know, I 
I really go for the jugular when we're referring to the leftist media, right? Because it's just so apparent now. It just makes you sick. It's like, this is ridiculous. It's like a joke. It is a joke. A complete joke. But we have it on the right, too. Uh, And, you know, all you guys, I've told you many, many times before, and I have no shame in stating it because I'm not the type of person, and I respect those that have the ability to do this, to hold my tongue. But I've told you from the get-go, I don't like Mark Levin. He flipped. He's an opportunist, period. He says all great, lovely things, just like Lindsey Graham does. And I've been telling you, Lindsey Graham is a clown. Lindsey Graham is part of the swamp, just like many others. But no, he raises this sword of patriotism every now and then, and it's like sparkly things to babies. Oh, look here. Don't pay attention to all this garbage. Just look over here. Look what I did. I drew my sword. We need to be paying attention to the facts. But regardless, even though Mark Levin don't like him, don't trust him, he's an opportunist. All he wants to do is sell books and memberships to Glenn Beck's new ownership, who nobody trusts Glenn Beck, but now suddenly all of these supposedly great people or great ones, great one in what? Being an opportunist are now falling in line to hand their pockets of cash to Glenn Beck. How easily mere mortals forget, Tom. So the the bottom line is what I wanted to say. Though I don't like him, he literally mopped the floor with Ed. I was so impressed because his words that were picked were correct. Loved it. Loved it. Even though I don't like him, loved it. Uh, I, I give him a hat tip. Now, there is so much commentary we should... Um, be listening to today. It's, it's pretty interesting. Uh, we have Doug Collins and how he talked about Speaker Pelosi abusing her office. I absolutely love Doug Collins. Uh, Rudy Giuliani saying whether he testify in Congress. See, people seem to forget. Think about it this way. If I ran for office right now, right? I would have, I would have a legal counsel for like all my Senate stuff, right? And then I would have legal counsel for all my private stuff, right? Um, so the president has white house counsel and private counsel. Giuliani is his private counsel. I don't see why people forget that, you know? So like if president Trump was going through a divorce, I'm just saying he wouldn't have white house counsel on it. He'd have a private counsel, right? A private attorney. So that is how it works. Well, Giuliani being in the Ukraine, Giuliani knowing stuff is because President Trump is his private client. So obviously he knows other things. Obviously, if President Trump is suing someone as President Trump or Donald J. Trump, his private attorney is going to be all over that. So the AG, who is his lawyer and the White House counsel, who are his lawyer in the president capacity, seek that way. Giuliani is in the private citizen capacity. So don't get it twisted and think that suddenly just because someone becomes president, they don't have a private and front facing life. They do. I mean, see, Obama had, you know, Michael by his side. That was his private life. What they did was their private life. I mean, even though Chrissy Teigen said that they had public sex with Obama, mm, you know, private life kind of meshed into the public, you know, regardless, still private, right? Just restating that. Now, 
Over the weekend, uh, like promised, I, I had some time because I've had just so many things to juggle lately. Um, my streaming uh, to upload my radio shows was disabled for no reason. Well, the reason they gave me was super lame. And I'm like, okay, let's just play this game. Yes, I agree. And that was fixed. So I had a lot of uploading to do. So I just want to extend my thank you to a listener who has been... Um, fixing up my recording so that way I can upload them. Uh, f- I, I just don't know what to say. I'm speechless because all my stuff crashed. It was a hot mess, right? Uh, so thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I mean, I can't express it anymore on the thank yous. I, I mean, I'll run out of thank yous. <laughs> so uh, I can't wait for one day to be in Boise, Idaho and just buy him some lunch and just thanks. Um, all right, so where? what are we going to be talking about today? Today I'm going to be giving you insight. This weekend I dropped an article through Loomer.com called Insight. Insight in respects to the deep state communications. And the reason I did that, and it's multifaceted, so I tried to keep it simple. But for those of you that like to ponder on things, I want you to know that every single picture I put in there, every single word I put in there, and every single phrase is never random. It's always trying to tell you more because we also have to be careful in the way we communicate because censorship is the only tool this dictatorship has. And they are not ashamed to show you that they're going forward with censorship. I mean, we had Joe Biden asking channels not to allow Giuliani to be on. Like, um, it's kind of like this Winnie the Pooh. Okay. This is a Winnie the Pooh example. So for all your leftist friends that'll be like, well, you know, he's sitting on there slandering him. Then he should file a lawsuit. Joe Biden, you think that he's lying? File a lawsuit. Tell the world why you think he's lying with a lawsuit. And when you lose the lawsuit, everyone in the world is going to know that he was telling the truth. But going back to this Winnie the Pooh example. So Winnie the Pooh is a caricature, as we know. And um, for some reason, someone had said once that President Xi of China looked like Winnie the Pooh. I don't really see it. I kind of see it, but not really. So guess what? In China, it is illegal to say Winnie the Pooh, have a picture of Winnie the Pooh or anything Winnie the Pooh. You say it, you can actually get thrown in jail because you're not allowed to use that phrase. There's a ton of phrases in communist China that do this. Now, you know, (laughs) that is exactly what the left is doing discreetly. They censor you because it's hateful. They censor you because it instigates dogpiling. It's not because they made a stupid comment. It's hateful. It's racist because everything is racist now, right? You know, you say something like, oh, look, first boy that decided to be a girl won this championship. Article then says this boy, when he was racing against boys, couldn't win because he was really a girl. No, duh. So it's really boy couldn't win in a race as a boy. So he changed his sex. Well, not his sex, his identifying sex. Right? He's got to to do. He identifies as a girl to then win. I mean, those are ridiculous. You deserve to be dogpiled. You know, being transgendered is not a joke. It is very difficult, you know. Um, I had this discussion with my daughter the other day, and I was like, you know, even though a lot of us try to say that it's culture, it's this, it is actually biological, and I'm going to tell you guys why. Um, 
I know a lot of people don't want to hear it. Those that are adamant of saying, oh, it's just a, first of all, it's, uh, gender dysphoria means that you feel that the, the, the gender that you've been assigned by biology at birth is wrong. And I've n- notated many, many times on this program that the difference between man and woman isn't, uh, is, is mostly defined by something called the supranuclei. Um, it's, uh, where the chasm of the, um, eye nerve are so behind your eyes right where they cross women's are bigger and this is done because women's organs remain reproductive organs remain in the body and it is said to depict that we have as women we have better skills in multitasking than men blah 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 because men's are always smaller and that has been tied to through many scientific experiments you know during embryonic development that it's because when the testes falls it comes out but i'm going to tell you something uh, your XY or XX chromosomes are on a degree scale. It's like a spectrum. And like it or not, that's the way it is. You know how many times you've met a gay guy and they sound totally like a girl? They have manner, you know, their mannerisms are more feminine. Uh, they speak more feminine. That's because, uh, that is the part where, um, when the organs were dropping, uh, some of the cells didn't catch on to it. So in order for a baby to become a, a boy, the reproduct, the reproductive organs fall out, meaning, you know, that's how you get testes and, you know, penises and stuff, right? So they fall out. Women's are tucked in. So like your ovaries would turn into testes. Make sense? I, I'm trying to simplify it. It's not that simple. <laughs> I'm just trying to break it down. So when that happens, the rest of your cells, which are all different, carry a percentage of either XX, which is female, or XY chromosome. And that doesn't always fully go down to it. Like, for example, for me, you know, even though I've reproduced and my ovaries were inside and I'm totally a woman and I totally feel feminine, I am extremely androgynous. So... Androgynous to the point, you know, where I, I, you know, someone would think of me as a dude from the way my mannerisms are because I, um, am aggressive. I want things done yesterday. <laughs> I'm your typical New Yorker, basically. But it's also the environment. So this is where I'm going to. If I was in an environment during that developmental stage as a young adult to find myself, right? Because as a kid, you try to find yourself, but you kind of just detach yourself to different groups. For me, I didn't have that. I was a nerd. I was always kind of an outsider um, and I was very quiet so moving into my young adult phase I was in a very structured male dominant environment male dominant because not because women weren't allowed to be in there but because uh, you know it, my field was more male dominant um, you know kind of like Navy SEALs uh, it's more male dominant due to biological things and I guess maybe my field was more male dominant because they were more willing to take risks. I don't know. Who cares? Bottom line is my environment helped shape me too. So where I'm going with this is you have to understand that these people that identify differently may indeed have that biological factor. And I'm saying it's biological. Your gender is on a spectrum. So think of it like a, like a band of color, right? So on one end, it's, you know, feminine lipstick, heels, everything. And on the other end, it's like 
super Neanderthal dude, right? Mansplaining everything but muscles and a little bit daft. No offense. Sorry, guys. Too much testosterone, we already know, hinders brain development. So we do it on both ends, right? We've got the Superman and the super chick. And so you lie somewhere on that spectrum. And that actually can be quantified by the amount of your cells XXXY. Now, I haven't conducted that experiment. That actually is theoretical based on stuff that has been actually experimented. This was something that I wanted to do. But, uh, you know, I just, I know it sounds really bad. It's probably maybe my ADD, but it's like, this is a great idea. Maybe somebody else can do it Um, because based on other research, and if you correlate the research that they've done on people that are actually transgendered and have actually successfully transitioned into the new gender and are actually happy because the majority of them, they'll transition into the new gender and not be happy. So, you know, that's because what environmental influence so environmental influence to us human beings is very, very important. Now, that'll help you shape who you are, what you say, and how you think. Same thing goes here in regards to politics. Just so that you see, I'm showing you the most extreme way of you know, molding and manipulating your ideologies, your self-worth, your self-note, what you think is you, if you had that little extra of say testosterone, right? As a woman, if your environment tells you that it's totally okay to embrace it and gives you all the excuses to go that way that help satisfy your questions, right? Because it's easier for you then you are more inclined to go down that path. Same thing with political questions. Okay. The mainstream media is that external environment. You can be like, oh, my God, I can't believe this, Tori. You're comparing transgenderism, you know, and people uh, becoming transsexual, uh, you know, and, and actually changing their sex to politics. And it's no different. Politics are highly personal. Political opinions are very, very personal because they encompass everything from the way we speak, our cultural nuances, our religion even, right? And what we envision as a great society. So the politics is very personal. Okay. I don't know why people just put it into a box, you know, but just like in politics, being conservative or liberal again is on a spectrum. That's why we have center, center left, center right, center this. I consider myself a super centrist, a conservative centrist, because to be a true centrist, you have to be conservative. You can't be a liberal centrist. That doesn't happen. You can't be a libertarian centrist. You either are a centrist or you're not. And a centrist will make arguments for both sides, right? So again, the media is supposed to be centrist and neutral. And I I found a great example with Kevin Cork over the weekend. I'm so jealous of him sometimes, right? How he keeps that neutrality and yet gives the facts. And it's like, but the thing is the neutrality doesn't, you know, show up like his, his point of view doesn't really show up on his face. Mine does. I'm very animated. Maybe it's because I do radio. Maybe it's because I've been so arcane in my life that, uh, you know, I struggle with that. But the point here is it's just the same thing. We're all on a spectrum when it comes to politics, just like people and their gender identity based on biological factors. And for us, our spectrum is depicted by the needs and the wants that we have from birth and our local environment. Now imagine the mainstream media 
taking you on XYZ spectrum and bombarding you with whatever they believe is true. I'm trying to make you understand just how dangerous of a role they play. So if everyone is on a political spectrum, far left, left, center, left, center, right, 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 far right, right? It's a spectrum. They're telling you it's a spectrum. It's their message congesting so that that way you can say, you know what? Mm, that answers for me. It's kind of like a painting. You know, when you see a painting, you're like, yeah, that's rubbish. I don't like it. But someone else will be like, oh, it reminds me of that time that I smelled that flower and it smelled so crisp and clear. And I sat down and had a sandwich. And I like that painting because it speaks to me because your eyes and your mind interpret things differently and the answers to questions. How many times have you guys sat down and said, well, what would you do to your friend? And it's like, I want my friend to tell you're thinking when you ask, they're going to tell me that the decision I'm making is right. And then your friend responds, I'm not making that decision for you. That's totally personal. That's up to you because they know exactly what you want, which is to validate what your choice is and what your opinion is. The same thing here. The mainstream media is like throwing poop and waiting for it to stick. And it could be, you know, one, you know, piece of garbage that they chuck and it'll be just a corner that makes sense to you and you latch onto it. And then they throw some again, you latch onto that. And that is how they manipulate your thought processes. Uh, and that way it allows you to align with what expression or what you are allowed to think or say on topics. The mainstream media is our enemy, just like the PC culture is an enemy to people. Imagine how many people right now are struggling with their identity that don't really have to. I'm thinking sometimes that if I was a kid right now, I would probably be banging, you know, doors and stomping my feet to get like hormone replacements and be a dude because I didn't have the, the, um, attitude of little girls. Like I didn't like the pigtails. I didn't like the glitzy glots. I liked the boots. I liked the jeans, even though I was like, I'm, I'm super feminine at that time though. I was like that. And I'm thinking at that young age, someone could have taken that, you know, lean that I have on more X, Y in certain cells, which could be just brain could, could be heart cells, could be anything that have more X, Y and made me change. It's all about influence. Uh, you know, a lot of people say everything's a personal choice, but the only way, and I urge you to try this because I do this sometimes. The only way to think and block out everything is to block out input. So whenever you have a problem, here's how you're going to think. You're going to put a little nose, uh, a, a, a clothes, you know, hanging clip or a nose clip, you know, to close your nose or stuff it with paper, whatever. Wear a blindfold and wear headphones, you know, the ones that we take to the gun range, you know, and also, if you care to take it to that extreme, I would say wear all that and sit in a bathtub with water. And then you sit down and you think. Within 10, 15 minutes of being purely excluded from any outside input, no noise, no smells, no um, no visual input, no aesthetic input because you're in the water and now you're comfortable with it, right? And it's your environment. Suddenly, you'll be able to see more clearer, understand what's inside of you to solve whatever problem it is. And that is 
kind of like a computer, right? It'll compute data that you give to it. What do you input? It'll then output. So imagine all this garbage that they're throwing at us. It's input, input, input that we can't stop because it's at every airport, every newspaper, every Twitter, Instagram, Facebook feed, every television set that you might pass by, every radio station you flip to, every billboard. They are constantly giving you input. I mean, no matter what happens at some point, it's going to earwig you, right? It's going to be there. This is war. Information wars that change you no matter where you are in the spectrum. And that's why it was important for me to bring up the transgender because I know I have a lot of listeners that are firm on it. And I feel so bad that people are confused, but it's because they don't know how to shut out input that is unnecessary. I mean, I do the whole in the bathtub headphones, whatever, when I really want to think. When I was um, really in jams, you know, on strategy for my job or when I was really struggling with the person above me in Luxembourg, I kid you not, I actually did that to figure out how I would respond and how I would take action to move forward. I needed no input. I needed no influence. And that's the problem. We're constantly getting, even me talking to you is influencing, even though I'm telling you not to listen to me and just to listen to the facts and then sit there and figure it out. You know, it's still an influence. That's what sucks. That's what sucks because we don't even know what to believe anymore. Everybody doesn't, you know, everyone had Q. They took our chan away. That doesn't mean the same messages aren't being put out on the internet through articles, through the airwaves, through Twitter. You know, it's not like Q would disappear because they said, I'm taking away your platform. Q's been around for years and years and years and years. It was the plan, remember? I'll see you all in just a bit. Okay, welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So in the first half hour, I wanted to kind of bring you guys into my thought process on explaining things because I wanted to give you something that's super touchy, super extreme, like, you know, transgenderism, because it does really piss me off when I see articles like first transgender girl. It's like, no, that's not fair. You know, how can you say that? How can you say, Oh, they were losing in, on the boys team. And now that they're a girl, they're going to win. Obviously physical differences. Hello. That's really not fair because why is everyone turning away from facts? So I wanted you guys to see that that which is biological, which is explainable by books, research, you know, tons of journal articles also applies when it comes to politics because you'll see it. Now I hope all of you can say, wait, wait a minute. Yeah, that's, that's kind of right. I kind of sit here on this. I'm okay with this. Not okay with this. I'm okay with this. Not okay. So I don't fit in a neat box. That's because you're a spectrum kind of like colors, right? Do you know that there's millions and millions of shades of blue? (laughs) Like think about it. The color spectrum, you know, huge. So when science in everything, in the basic forms of biology, and chemistry, and even in math, there is an infinite amount of this, you know, very small discernible differences that don't put you into a category. Like, you know, you could say blue and it could be like, could it be like the greeny blue or is it like the I'm going to gray black blue, you know, and there's that this. So people do bundle them up, right? This is the way politics is too. 
They bundle everyone up into Republican, and then they bundle them up to Republican far extreme conservative right white supremacist. Okay, whatever, because the far far left is also very racist. So. <laughs> The reason you need to know this is it, it is because we are constantly under attack, like Biden and the crimes he committed, Obama and the crimes he committed, the salacious dossier, the actions that they did are evil. But the most evil of all is the media because they are the ones telling you how to think. They are the ones constantly attacking you via input to tell you and they omit to tell you the things you should know. This is how communication happens. It's by stimulation. It's like, you know, if I liked a guy, like when I, when I, when I met my husband, I'm just going to tell you straight, like I saw him and I literally said to my friends, you know, teenage daughter, oh wow, that man is going to be the father of my kids. I didn't even have to talk to him because the input I gave him was like, yo, get my number. What's up? Uh, so it was like this other form of communication. It is very important you guys understand this. That we are all constantly communicating, constantly being stimulated. This is why we have ADD too with kids. ADD used to be around, but it's just worse now because none of you can honestly sit there and say, when I watch TV or a movie, I never look at my phone. Shut up. You are constantly on your phone. We all know the dangers of texting or tweeting and driving, and yet still people be like at a red light, be like, I need to get on there and see what's going on. Stimulation. We can't even focus. We have the attention span of a fish. And they take advantage of that. They take advantage of it in other forms too. See, they dumb us down to the point where they've congested us and filled our head with so much junk that we just wait to be spoon fed. So I posted an article, um, I think it was Saturday or Sunday. I don't remember. I think it was Sunday, whatever. And it was called Insight Deep State Communication. I wrote this article on Thursday. I had it ready. But I was trying to wait to see how I can demonstrate it better to my readers. And so a lot of people wonder, are they that, do they have so much audacity that they're just going to email each other on government uh, comms, text each other on government emails? Like, yeah, of course they are. When you're comfortable, if you own the place, and if the people you work for own the place, and it's not just now during the Obama administration, we're talking Bush, Clinton, Bush, before that. They owned everything. They own the media. They own everything. So if they want something out of the, eh, it's going to be out. So I demonstrated, you know, I kind of reminded you all that, yes, they do use, but they use other ways of communications. Now, people that have been through the farm and have trained or are what, you know, a layman would call a spy, understand that there's alternate ways of communicating hand signals, the way you dress, if you want to tell someone something, uh, you know, and these are things we do in our everyday life that we don't understand, right? Uh, from the colors that we put on, they emote, uh, what we feel like, right? Or the outfit or the effort you put into your outfit tells everyone else just how much effort you're putting into that, you know, interaction. So 
I kind of introduced everyone to understand that emojis now are also letters and numbers. That's a way that can be put out, and that is already well-defined. But it's the alternative methods of communications that they have used to bypass traditional. If you remember correctly, it was in September of 2016 when Judge Collier smacked John Carlin and said, what are you doing here? Why are you up? Why in this bucket of the 72 hour hold under section 702 are you holding on to these communications? You're supposed to be dumping them every 72 hours. And why does it seem selective? The reason was is because, you know, they were spying and he didn't want to say. But that's what I want you to pay attention to. When it falls into this bucket, it also gets parsed in regards to highest probability. So think about it. If you're the NSA analyst, and let's pretend it was manually and not an algorithm, your probability of Peter Strzok communicating with Lisa Page would be his government email, his government phone, his personal phone, his personal emails, and that's about it, right? Twitter, social media, right? Well, they use other methods. I mean, you wouldn't think that they're planning, you know, some backdoor deal through eBay, would you? Or wouldn't you? So if I, for example, wanted to communicate to someone, I'd say, look out for me selling, uh, uh, you know, a shoe that has uh, a yellow heel. And, you know, it'll be in the title and you search and it's like, hi, I was wondering about this yellow heel and what the terms and conditions are. And that would be the signal for you to come back and talk to me. So we would be using eBay Messenger, which would be outside because you can choose to exclude communications. So that way we can do it because people like Pelosi, people like Adam Schiff, People like clowns that have been brought into an environment where they own it don't like to get extra savvy and they don't trust people and they shouldn't because Adam Schiff, I got one of your closest people yip yapping in my ear all the time. They hate you. That's the thing because they rule by fear. Okay. So they can't trust. So they find the easiest method they can where they have the mental capacity to do. For me, I'd probably be able to encrypt the picture and a picture and a picture and in the code embed a message that I want. I can't picture Pelosi doing that. She can't even blurt out a straight sentence. I mean, she could probably hire someone to do it. But what are the chances that that hired person isn't talking to me either? You see what I'm saying? So we've noticed that they've started to use, we've, we've noticed, we know that they're using different modes of communication. And that's something that I wanted to bring to your attention. You know, there were a lot of people that were talking about Hillary's hole in her tongue. People need to understand, when did tongue rings come out? How did they happen? Did you know that a tongue ring was initially done to help people with speech impediments? I had that. I actually used that. But it's also a way to put listening devices because deaf people, if they want to hear, what do they do? They open their mouth. Beethoven, who was deaf because he had a conductivity issue, and I'm speaking to this on experience, if he opened his mouth and he played the instrument, you know, while his mouth was open, he could hear the vibrations, basically, at least. That is the most covert way to have yourself a listening device where someone's talking to you. And obviously they can hear you because you're talking. And you can hear them like they're inside your brain. Like not, oh yeah, um, I'm listening. It's like it literally is inside your brain. And to test that, for those of you that are 
good on hearing. You can put, you know, uh, your phone, uh, you know, play a song from your phone and just touch it to the back of your skull or put it in your mouth, the speaker part, and see that you can hear uh, because th- that is another way to get sound through the other tubes that we have, but also through conductivity of, you know, wavelengths, etc. So the reason I pointed this out is because this is going to be coming to the forefront the emails are coming to the forefront. The, what they've been saying is coming to the forefront. Because in order to orchestrate such an intricate coup with so many players globally, you have to communicate. And it's not like there's no paper trail. I mean, we already know there is, right? But they did bleach bit emails that we already found, right? So... I want you to keep that in mind as October rolls around and we're going to be dropping some serious treats for their tricks. And it's not just local, it's global. I want you guys um, to listen to this clip first. I want you to listen to Trey, uh, well, no, I think we should listen to Doug Collins first about how Speaker Pelosi abused her office. Now, Again, I want you guys to think in the back of your mind today's show, how did they communicate all this? How did they talk about this? Because it's not like Pelosi, who's the leader, didn't just come out and say it. Someone communicated to her. How is this communicated? Think. And to whether President Trump abused his power when he asked Ukraine's president to look into a political rival. Joining us right now is Georgia Republican Congressman Doug Collins. He is the ranking member of the Judiciary Committee in the House. Sir, it's good to see you this morning. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, Mary, it's always good to be with you. You just heard my conversation with Rudy Giuliani, I hope. Give us your reaction to this inquiry into impeachment. Well, first off, let's start. Rudy is a passionate defender of this president. I mean, he's watched this president be attacked for over three years, and he is simply doing what an attorney is supposed to do, and he's presenting that. That's his job. But let me go back to what's going on in the House and where this is at right now. This week, we saw a dark day in the House. We saw Speaker Pelosi abuse her oath of office, if you would, by abusing the role of the Speaker by saying an impeachment inquiry had started, and they were sending it to the uh, Intelligence Committee, where you have a gentleman who has a habit of lying about the facts, Mr. Schiff. And what that means is, though, is they decided to walk down a path in which they are in contrary to American values. They're not going to allow this president to have due process. They're not going to be fair. They're going to ramrod this thing through because, as I heard a uh, member of House leadership this morning say on another network, that they wanted to, he wanted to have an inquiry, but he wasn't ready to vote for impeachment. The reason is, if they were truly serious about that, they would bring it to the floor, they would have a vote, and then there would be fairness, and the American people could know that this was not just simply a Democrat ramrod of this president. So- That's the problem. We're seeing right now, so what does that mean, though? I mean, what does that mean for this impeachment inquiry? Where does this go? Does the president is the president in jeopardy of being removed from office? No, he's not in, pre- in jeopardy of being removed from office. He's in jeopardy of having to continue the onslaught of lies and attacks and half-truths from a one-sided investigation in the House. This is something from my position as ranking member of the Judicial Committee. All you've had to watch is our committee completely fall apart under investigation. In fact, any time they've been allowed, to ha- we've allowed to have investigations, whether it be the Mueller report or these ridiculous hearings that Chairman Nadler's had in Judicial Committee, it has always tended to sh- shown that the President has done nothing wrong, that the collusion was a false narrative, that the uh, 
conspiracies. All these things were false when you actually investigate. So now they've decided, let's throw that out the window because that's not working for us. Fairness is not working. Being on the right side of the American people is not a right. So we're just going to ramrod it through. That's what's happening right now. Look, I want to ask you about the whistleblower and the rules around a whistleblower. We know that... In the actual transcript, we see that, in the actual complaint, rather, the whistleblower says, I do not have direct knowledge of this. That is in the complaint. But I was told this, and I trust the people who told me. What are the rules around the whistleblower in terms of what that person can charge? Well, that's what's really been interesting here in the last little bit, because we've been finding out that the whistleblower rules, especially in the intelligence community, seem to have been changed. And they've been changed from requiring and demanding a first-hand account or an actual knowledge, first-hand knowledge of the abuse or, or the misuse of, uh, of uh, issues in the intelligence community to now where they can have second-hand information. If you look at the whistleblower report, even besides the transcript and everything else, comparing the two is really interesting because it seems to be a very well-written document, multi-sourced. If this was a piece for the New York Times or the Washington Post, that might be what you expect. But you don't expect this in a, what comes to form as a legal document accusing a president of doing something in a legal fashion and doing so from second-hand information. Now, as we go forward here, is that going to be the standard that has been changed now in the intelligence community to where basically anybody there can take any report that they want to over the water cooler or wherever and decided to file a complaint. This is more serious than this. This president and our country deserves better than what we're seeing right now. Hey, let me tell you something. He's right. I said that. That means anybody and their mother can file something. I mean, I wonder if there's a statute of limitations. Can I file something? Can we all file something? That's the way it is. It is dangerous territory that they're charting right now. And the fact that they move the goalpost during the game to allow such a thing to happen, to change the rules that have been sitting on how this can happen and when it can happen. Now anybody can do it, which is true. But here's the thing. Why? Did they move the goalposts? Why did they do this panic? And so just now, while I was um, on uh, Twitter, I saw um, a tweet that went out about John Durham's Ukrainian leads. I think Maria Baratomo just tweeted that out four minutes ago, but I, I told you about this over a week ago, didn't I? So I told you that John Durham was found in the Ukraine. This is why Attorney General was like, oh, I appointed John Durham special prosecutor, and I've told you before, John Durham has been on this since Matt Whitaker. Sleepy Joe did this for us, guys. I wrote it in my piece, too. Sleepy Joe did this. The sleepy, ooh, did I say Sleepy Joe? I meant Sleepy Sessions. Why am I saying Sleepy Joe? Because it was about Sleepy Joe. <laughs> so what happens is we were looking into CrowdStrike. We know that they have the exact mirror server in the Ukraine. We're investigating the criminal activities of Nelly Orr. And this derived from where? Manafort. Manafort. Everything that they got was from Manafort. It was already reported that Nelly Orr was like, yeah, the stuff that we got was like from a Ukrainian source. That's because she was in the Ukraine. So from there, we discovered the crimes of Biden. We discovered the link to Luchenko. We discovered this, and that's how it all came about. Remember what they said? Well, the attorney, well, the special counsel, when he's investigating uh, President Trump, if he finds another crime, he could do it. That's how they got Manafort. That's how they got Cohen. That's how they wrapped up George Papadopoulos. You know, George Papadopoulos on a fake, fake dossier did 10 days, right? Remember that, fake, fake, fake. And now the Wall Street Journal is putting out an article talking about this and John Durham and they said and I and I'm going to read this to you 
True, much media and political effort has gone into sometimes close and often willful parsing of President Trump's July 25th conversation with President Zelensky. Ironic when you consider Mr. Trump's well-known linguistic promiscuity, not to mention the celebrated whistleblower complaint, which contains no firsthand information. Little notice has been given, however, to another department lying in plain sight. They're saying that the Justice Department is lying. A Justice Department press release issued the day the conversation transcript became public. And they're saying that the Justice Department is lying. This is a big deal that the Washington Journal, Washington, whoa, what is wrong with me today? That the Wall Street Journal would actually sit there and say that the Justice Department put out a false statement. If I was the Justice Department, I would smack them with like libel right there. Anyway, um, the Justice Department statement makes explicit that the president never spoke with Attorney General um, William Barr about having Ukraine investigate anything relating to former Vice President Biden or his son, first of all. It wasn't the investigation into them. Let's be clear. And that is 100% true. It's not like Trump said, yo, hey, Bill, you need to investigate Biden and his son. Because that never happened. Biden and his son manifested from the money trail. Remember, follow the money, follow, follow, follow. Follows down to Newland secretary with George Soros, which follows into Biden because there's emails all over with Hunter Biden's name from the State Department. So what do you do? Just like they said about the special counsel. Hey, if you see another crime, you're going to have to, you know, just follow the lead and investigate and prosecute that crime. That's how they came up to the crimes of Manafort that he did two, three decades ago, if they were crimes in any case. Because if that's the case, all of us are criminals. We're all in a lot of trouble. So going further, um, they also state that neither did he ask him to contact the Ukraine or anyone on this or any other matter. And that the attorney general was not communicated, has not communicated at all with the Ukraine. So they said that's false. It says it also contains the following morsel. A Department of Justice team led by U.S. Attorney John Durham is separately exploring to the extent which a number of countries, including the Ukraine, played a role in the counterintelligence investigation directed at the Trump campaign during the 2016 election. Exactly what I told you, but... Hmm. Um, while the attorney general has yet to contact the Ukraine in connection with this investigation, certain Ukrainians who are not members of the government have volunteered information to Mr. Durham, which he is evaluating. The definitive answer to the obvious question, what's that about, is only known to Mr. Durham and his colleagues. But publicly available reports, include, including by Andrew McCarthy in his new book, Ball of Collusion, suggest that during the 2016 campaign, the Federal Bureau of Investigation tried to get evidence from Ukrainian government officials against Mr. Trump's campaign manager, Paul Manafort. Uh-oh, you mean Nellie Orr, you know, as a Fusion GPS employee, with her mentor, right, Mrs. Yovanovitch, dug up and manufactured dirt, right? And said he was somewhere where he obviously wasn't. And they were using that. The FBI wanted to use that. This is extortion to go against Mr. P- Mr. Trump. When you grope through the mazma of Slavic names and follow the daisy chain of related people and entities, it appears that the Ukrainian officials who backed the Clinton campaign provided information that generated the investigation of Mr. Manafort. <laughs> So, um, acts that one Ukrainian court has said violated Ukrainian law and led to the interference of the electoral processes of the United States in 2016 and harmed the interests of the Ukraine as a state. So, 
Here we have the Washington, uh, the Wall Street Journal telling you, oh, President Trump and his Justice Department totally lied. No, they didn't. He never asked anything about Biden. He never asked anything about his son. All he asked about was, what is going on with my campaign? Giuliani that is there is his private attorney. He's going to get to the bottom of how his client was being slandered, libeled against, across the nation by this way you know what i can't wait for lawsuits to go flying with cnn because their communications are also hey cnn you think you got secret communications you think we don't know you talk through ebay you think we don't we don't know you talk to etsy we got everything because we have everything we need if we're monitored they're monitored and they're not smart we are we are very smart all of us are very smart see a lot of people are very smart Each and every one of you listening is very smart. They just think they're smarter because we're nobody to them or they don't know us or my face. Well, actually, my face is on a billboard, (laughs) but (laughs) my face isn't well known. Theirs is. So they have more clout. They're the nobodies. They're the scoundrels. They're the evil bottom feeders. They're that fish you put in the fish tank to eat all the dirt. You know which one I'm talking about, that black fish that you put in a fish tank to eat up all the poop and stuff. That's what they are. They're that fish. They are nobody. They clean the screen for the evil ones to come out. Evil and nefarious. Satanists. Satanists. Evil, evil, so evil, so disgusting. So think about this. I already told you all about this. I already told you Durham was there in the Ukraine. This is why A.G. Barr said, oh, I appointed him to look into the origins. No, you didn't, because he was on a transcript where they were questioning Nellie Orr back in 2018, where they were questioning James Baker. And James Baker, his attorney, clearly said to Jim Jordan, yo, my client's under investigation. And he's like, criminal? Yep, criminal. Um, okay, by um Huber, right? Huber, no, it's John Durham. Who? Durham, Durham, ha. Huh. Durham's been around. He's been going everywhere. And the bottom line is when you investigate crimes that the special counsel does, what do you do? You walk back their investigation. That is exactly what you do. And the thing is, we know how they communicate. Because, see, the dumb people that they extort with fear, fear is never the right way to gain loyalty. It'll give you temporary loyalty until someone good comes along and gives them actual actual support that is what their problem is no one is really standing by them because they're not really giving support they are imposing loyalty through fear and right now the ones that fear the most are exactly who you know they are and that is the democrats they are so scared right now that they are unapologetically lying and they have weaponized the media which has always been weaponized against us in every aspect of our lives from birth until now that is what happened i mean you already know this because you've been listening we have everything we need and if you actually look into past shows past posts you'll see that too because it's all there. After the break, we're going to break down some more goodies on Horowitz and what's to come and how this plan, unapologetic plan, has literally backfired. 
it's time for the media to get what they deserve. I'll see you all in just a bit. Real news. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tory. So right before the last hour ended, I told you that we have everything we need. And it's just a matter of time. You just have to trust it. You have to know when everything's coming. I'm telling you, we're going to have a lot of treats for all these tricks this month. And, you know, in a way, someone might consider this election meddling, but it's really not because timeline was actually pushed up with by the Democrats. So they kind of like walked right into it. I mean, we weren't going to be releasing, uh, you know, or um, unleashing the FISA report uh, at all if they didn't push us to. I mean, because if we release the FISA report from the OIG, gosh, that would really really kill any ability for the remainers to stand on two feet. I mean, how would that look? Oh my gosh, we hate Trump. Oh my gosh, Brexit is like Trump. But then they worked with the U.S. to coup us. Uh, I think the remainers need to go. See, egg on their face is okay. I mean, the British are okay with that. They hide underneath the queen's skirt, but I guess Boris is going to get that oomph because the Democrats did it. So it's not our fault. We have to step up the timeline. Now, I've told you guys many, 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 many times over, 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 over. Lindsey Graham is not your friend. Lindsey Graham is a deep stater. I've told you how many GOP senators are currently not on the Trump team because they are just as corrupt. And I've told you all you have to look is there is at their financials. See what they've done. Like <laughs> Adam Schiff is not a GOP but I'm just going to say this again and again and again until someone hears it that needs to or that can maybe deep dive into it. But how is it that, um, Adam Schiff gets a mortgage with an unnamed property filed for a million dollars. I mean, where's that property? I want to say, well, we'll talk about money in a little bit. But he is, like I've said, a double-edged sword. I told you so many other conservative pundits and, you know, like I said at the beginning of the show, are fake. I want you to listen to what Rudy Giuliani had to say, you know, even the best trained people, and unfortunately Giuliani didn't go through the farm, so he doesn't know how to do this, how to give himself visible cues. You'll notice that a lot of us, when we talk, we give ourselves visible cues uh, to tell ourselves when to stop. For me, it's usually the only time you will see my mouth shut firmly is when I have to think about what I have to say. Take a listen to what he says right here. Take a listen. This is This is important. How come this is taking so long? Because the American half of the country still thinks he colluded. You know that. Hold on. Let me fix that volume up for you guys because you need to listen to Maria and Giuliani. Okay, there we go. How come this is taking so long? Because the American half of the country still thinks he colluded. You know that. Maria, uh, I, I have to be very discreet about this, but when my fellow Republicans criticized my doing this investigation, who was doing it if I didn't do it? We have a we have a Senate. They've known bought this corruption Lindsey by Graham Biden. Lindsey Graham says he's going to do a deep dive. Where is it? Uh, uh, excuse me. I love Lindsey, but I, I can't help but think 
the fact that he's an ex-senator. Look, uh, these facts have been out there. My, How come what, this is taking so long? Because the American half of I'm the country. I'm just going to play the part that's uh, important. Excuse, uh, excuse me, I love Lindsay, but I, I can't help but think the fact that he's an ex-senator. Look, Lindsay, but I, I can't help but think the fact that he's an ex-senator. Uh, did you hear that? Okay. So, what people need to understand is is that they are all leaving. I was really joyous, um, for example. So I have been uh, taking head-on um, Region 8 is what I'd like to call the area of the Midwest and their corrupt antics into human trafficking, uh, Native American exploitation, child trafficking, child abuse, and they're on a state and a federal level. But, you know, when you get the state, you have to find how they're protected. So when you hear an announcement like their best friend, who is a Supreme Court justice, who doesn't retire, he dies in the position, right? <laughs> is not going to be a Supreme Court justice anymore. You know that the storm is here because what they do is they remove the highest forms of protection you have. Now, former senator, he will not be senator again this year. He cannot be senator again this year. He will not. And those that don't have terms that expire now better be resigning, especially the one in my state should resign. I'm, and I'm not talking about Kevin Kramer, who if you look at him, damn, he looks like a public servant. Totally not a corrupt crony. That's how you can tell. So what is the issue that we have now as a people? The issue and the protection that these GOP senators that are part of this deep state, these Democrats in the House and the Senate, in your state, in your city offices, all of them, who is the one protecting them? I mean, Obama's done. He's going to be impeached, period. Just through Biden's actions, he could get impeached. Okay, not even on the Russia collusion. Like, we don't even have to go there. The Biden thing is, like, totally black and white. All we have to do is pull the phone calls, the telecons that we have from Obama with the Ukraine and Biden with the Ukraine, and we're, like, super done. And it doesn't even have to be the Ukraine. We can actually get the ones that are with Yovanovitch and, you know, Volcker. Like I said, why was he still in office? And boom, just after that show, what what happened? He was resigned. So think about it this way. Who is protecting them? The only protection they have right now is that they hold the megaphone. We need to silence them right quick. And censorship, Tori? What? No, no, no. Not censorship. Have them register as entertainment-only companies. We can't really say that they're news. Come on, you guys. Are they really news? Are they really giving you the news? If they were giving you the news, then they would have been all over this little clip. That's right. And before briefing President, I'm reading from your report, before brief, briefing President-elect Trump, Mr. Comey met with senior leaders at the FBI, Jim Rabicki, mm-hmm. Andy McCabe, Jim Baker, and supervisors of the FBI's investigation. Is that right? Again, I don't have it in front of me, but that's my report. Yeah, so he has a pre-meeting. <clears throat> They're going to go up to brief President-elect Trump, right. January 6, 2017, so it's President-elect Trump at the time. They have a pre-meeting to figure out what how this is going to go. And actually, even more of a pre-meeting they have with Mr. Clapper and Mr. Brennan, 
to figure out how exactly the briefing for the president-elect is going to happen. Is that right? And who's going to do it. And who's going to do what. Right. right. And they break it into two parts. All of them brief the president-elect on general assessment, uh, intelligence assessment, the ICA. And then they all leave and Mr. Comey sits down with the president. Is that right? Um, that's my recollection, yes. Um, so Mr. Comey sits down with President-elect Trump and talks to him about what? Um, again, I don't have the report in front of me, but my recollection is what we were told is it's about the what has come to be known as the salacious and unverified reporting about um, certain events in Moscow. That's right. Wait, so what did he say? It's the salacious and unverified reporting, the dossier, about what happened in Moscow. So Inspector General Horowitz says that, and nobody has that, like, on a replay loop? About um, no certain replay? events in Moscow. No replay loop on that? Nothing? It's about the what has come to be known as the salacious and unverified reporting. Salacious and unverified reporting, salacious and unverified reporting, the salacious unverified reporting that James Comey put his signature on. You should see my article on loomerd.com where it says audio of IG Horowitz saying dossier was salacious and unverified. In there, you will find copies of the FISA warrant applications and you will see that James Comey signed on them. James Comey signed. So on the day he was supposed to be briefing the president on something we know is unverified and salacious, totally manufactured and paid for by those that never wanted President Trump in a spot of presidency ever, 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 was done so on January 6th. So happened that that is the day that Barack Hussein Obama and his cabinet sat down and had a little chit-chat with the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, John Roberts, to find a way to delay the inauguration. I mean, right. Mm-hmm. This totally right. It's like, what? What is going on here, right? You're like, this is incredible. So that day, Obama and all his cronies, including Biden, get together and they're like, yo, hey, Chief Justice Roberts, yo, how can we delay this inauguration? Look at this dossier. Look at all this. We added more pages. I put a link to my article that I wrote over a year ago. It's over a year and a half ago, published through Big League Politics, which is like, um, you know, when the uh, when the FISA uh, applications are you know, uh, released and unredacted. This is what you'll find. I kind of just showed you, uh, and walked you through what you can see. And one thing you saw is from the initial warrant application in October to the one in January, there were 13 more pages added of stuff. Stuff that they collected in December from the United Kingdom. Stuff that they could add because Barack Hussein Obama at the end of December signed in a new EO to kind of support this whole Russia debacle. So that morning when James Comey, who was going to be the FBI director for President Donald J. Trump, went to President-elect Donald J. Trump after he signed this, after he failed to delay the inauguration, because that's what happened. Why? Because they needed to see, will we delay the inauguration? If so, then I have to brief the president that there's an ongoing investigation and he can't swear in. So I'll be the one to break the news to him. But see, that didn't go their way. So then he 
sat down and said, well, how am I going to touch this? Because I already signed that this application has verified information. Like it clearly says that the information contained, you know, is true and correct. I declare under penalty and perjury that the foregoing information regarding Carter W. Page is true and correct, executed pursuant to Title 28, United States Code 1746. Now, that is through the FBI. And guess what? Accordingly, I execute this certification regarding Carter Page in accordance with the requirements of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act of 1978 as amended. And boom, Comey, McKay, Brennan, Clapper, Sullivan, Rice, Carter, Ash Carter, Blinken. John, John Kerry, all of them have to sign that document that then is signed by the Attorney General and the Deputy Attorney General. It would be Loretta Lynch and Sally Yates. And then sealed and stamped by Judge Collier. That's the thing. So they have to, under penalty and perjury, it says, accordingly, I approve the filing of this application regarding Carter, Carter Page with the court, okay, that the foregoing information of Carter Page is true and correct, execute to pursuant Title 28, United States Code 1746. The Attorney General and the Deputy Attorney General put their signature on that. They said it was true. So here we have James Comey saying this dossier that he knows is fake, that he tried to get with Obama to push back the inauguration. He said it's true. So did McCabe. So did Brennan. So did Clapper, Sullivan, Rice, Carter, Blinken, and Kerry. All of them said so. All these people that work for one man, and that's Barack Hussein Obama. Again, they can't get out of this. It's done. It's a signature. It's an act. They cited it. They said it was verified. That is the only way that you can submit for an application. Yes, you can get an indictment on a ham sandwich. Yes, you can narrate your story, but your story better be based on hard facts. This case, they narrated a story, no hard facts. You see the difference here? That's the problem. That is the problem here. This was collusion between nefarious, dark, evil forces that wish to do what? Enslave every man, woman, or child on this planet. And we can see that because this was a way that they can censor our votes, that they can steal our elections. And I mean, look no further than to Biden's attorneys who demanded that Giuliani not be given any airtime. How dare you? That is what dictators do. This was a dictatorship and nobody realized it. Those of us that have worked rank and file and into more senior positions where we took orders and executed know exactly how things work, know exactly how they think and operate. And you know what? Those that have been in those positions are actually fearless. Once they are no longer in their grasp, once they no longer feel confident that you don't have insurance on them. It's like saying this covert asset from this agency used to work with us for so many years. They did everything we wanted. They kept their mouth shut and they still up until today keep their mouth shut kind of because they're still referencing things that they have firsthand knowledge of, but all of it is public. We should take them out. Well, do we? Because that person was trained to always have a backup plan. And we can't find the backup plan because that person is so gone. We don't know. 
Now, because they rule with fear, does that not give them fear enough? Oh, yes, it does. How many of those kind of intelligence elements are out there right now working hard for our country? Tons. And no matter how many clowns you have in the FBI, how many clowns you have in the CIA, every single good, smart person fighting already knows that when they reach out to you, that there's always going to be a clown in the way. And see, even the Ukrainians knew that because it was the Ukrainian legal officials that had information that were tr- that they were trying to deliver to Durham that would not email it, not fax it, and not mail it. Instead, they applied to the U.S. Embassy in the Ukraine for visas to fly to the United States and pouch that information. That means you put it in a pouch or a briefcase, you're attached to that, and the only time you release it is when you hand it over to Durham. Guess what Yovanovitch did? She didn't deny the visas, but she didn't issue them either. And they complained about that. Hey, don't you want the information we have? I mean, we want to give it to you. Yovanovitch was like, take your time, guys. We're not issuing visas right now. Take your time. Just slow walk it. Oh, I'm so sorry. The application hasn't been processed yet. It takes four to six weeks. Four to six weeks, even for Department of Justice of the Ukraine officials. Why so long? Even for law enforcement, why so long? Even for the TSA at the Ukraine, why so long? Even for real estate agents, information that was provided to the Ukrainian, you know, investigative authorities, why so long? Even for the telecoms companies that handed over information to the investigators and the Ukraine authorities that were complying with this criminal investigation that's, you know, taken under U.S.-Ukrainian Treaty of 1999, that Bill Clinton, the rapist, signed into law, even then. Four to six weeks. In four to six weeks, they expected that their own people would be elected. In four to six weeks, they expected that President Trump would have been impeached. But, see, they have that conversation in February. But in March is when the Mueller report came out. And then Mueller also testified after that, and they fell flat on their face. Why? Because they had nothing. So now they are slinging anything to see what sticks. Listen to this whole debacle, I, I want to analyze this a bit to, to, to listen to what they're doing in regards to this complaint and how they're taking it. I want you to listen to Trey Gowdy. Okay. Trey Gowdy literally tore Adam Schiff. Listen. Adam Schiff has one of the worst senses of humor of anyone I've ever met. So <laughs> he doesn't need to try parody, but you got to keep in mind, Martha, this is the same Schiff they said he had evidence of collusion. He's not making that mistake this time. He's not claiming he's got something he doesn't have. He's just going to make it up. And he made it up on national television. And I applaud any Democrats who criticize. I would criticize a Republican for making stuff up in something as serious as yeah. his hearing. He should be criticized also. It's not necessary. Um, and there's no reason. Not, those are not the president's words. Um, those are his words. Um, and, and it's so important in this midst of this investigation that we actually deal in the facts. There, there's an assessment in the New York Post today by Fred Flights, who was in the CIA and who is now, you know, speaks um, on here and elsewhere about intelligence issues. He says that the language of this complaint to him seemed very um, sort of calculated, very legal, uh, that maybe he had outside help, that the language in it was very legal. Did, what did you think when you read it? Did, did that occur to you or no? 
it was well written. Um, you don't have to be a lawyer to write something well, and it certainly tracked the appropriate statutes. And it, um, but it also wasn't leaked, so I give the whistleblower credit for not leaking it. I mean, there are three allegations: the president misused his office; number two, that they mishandled a phone call in the aftermath; and then this kind of unusual, or their perception that it's unusual that a president would ask the attorney general and Mayor Giuliani uh, to, to investigate potential corruption. So those are the three allegations, but the transcript actually addresses two of those three pretty well. So what do you think about the suggestion at the end of the phone transcript with regard to Joe Biden and looking into him? Do you see that it's, it is, um, is, is it separable from the election, given the circumstances of where we are right now with four months to, to Iowa and Joe Biden out on the campaign trail or not? Well, I mean, keep in mind, who brought up Rudy Giuliani? It wasn't Donald Trump. It was the president of Ukraine. That's the first reference to Rudy Giuliani. Who brought up defense aid? Okay. That was the president of Ukraine. That, that wasn't President Trump. So okay. um, I, I think it can be separated in this way. I want us asking countries, particularly ones that we give money to, whether or not you have a problem with corruption. I mean, think back to 2016. Our country not only took, but we solicited help from other countries and trying to figure out whether or not the Russians were interfering with our election. To be sure, President Obama was not on the ballot, but he was criticized for not asking for more help from foreign countries to stop it. So whatever was good for President Obama, let's at least apply the same standard to President Trump. Be fair about it. So you you make some interesting comments on that in the notes that you sent um, earlier. You say, you know, have others asked foreign governments to to assist like this in investigations? Have others employed private citizens with reference to to Rudy Giuliani? You know, I, I guess... I have two questions about that. Is Have they? I think you can probably point to examples. I don't see why they're having this conversation. This is where I'm going to point out my frustration with the media. Why is she pointing this out? So what he says is true, that these allegations that they're claiming are being answered by the actual transcript, period. We see it. Who brought up what? But to question, to say, oh, have others done it? Well, dude, nobody cares. There's a U.S.-Ukrainian treaty, and it clearly says criminal investigation guidelines. So nobody cares. There is an act in there. It is signed and sealed since 1999. So no matter what they say, well, we didn't do this during that time, and during 9-11, we didn't do this, or we didn't go to that extent, or blah, 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 or blah, blah, blah. We don't care. What does the law say? The law says this is... How we interact with the Ukraine on criminal ongoing investigations, period. So why are they even questioning it? This is the frustration I have. Let's stick to the facts. Let's stick to the facts. Let's stick to the law. When has the law become great? It's black and white. And yes, it has to be applied. And yes, there's always that element of intent. But here we go. We don't need intent to say criminal investigation. Here's what we can have and do, period. I, I mean, it makes absolutely no sense where you have to question, like, do these guys know what they're talking about or are they purposely misinforming or putting these questions out? Because I wanted to throw my shoe at the team. I was watching. Why are you even asking this? Why isn't someone, except for Matt Gates, who referenced my article, said about the treaty? Why is no one talking about that? Because this is warfare. This is the corruption. This is, again, trying to get you to anchor to one thing and put you on a specific ride on that spectrum of your politics, just like they do for every other thing. Human nature is not that black and white. Biology tells us that.
Okay. Biology has foundations that you cannot change, right? Like genetics, XX, XY, male, female, though you can have 60% of yourselves to be XY and 40% to be female, which means you'll be a male, but you'll be a little bit more feminine. Make sense? It's on a gradient, but the bottom line is it's still XX, XY, right? Politics. You can still have 60%. I'm conservative because I believe in this. I believe in that. I believe in this. I believe in that. But you could be 40% liberal. Like for me, if I was to give myself a percentage, I would say that I'm 1% liberal <laughs> and 99% centrist. I, I don't even, I, I, I say I'm a conservative Republican, which I would say expresses my absolute centrism. And President Trump has already said that too. I'm not a Republican. I'm a centrist. He said it with his own words. A centrist is literally someone who could sit in the middle and see both sides of it and then say, all right, let's get down to the facts. That's the problem. Everyone's just sitting on their own spectrum, tooting their own thing, eliminating facts. Now, after this break, we're going to jump into what Jim Jordan said to my favorite lispy clown, Jake, (laughs) Jake, Jake Tapper. And we'll get through that one, too. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the last half hour of the Tory session. I just want to say uh, today is um, Scott Adams' birthday. Um, I kind of had like a virtual lunch with him after his show, so that was kind of fun. Um, I want us to just pay attention and think, how do they communicate? Okay. I've said this many times. The Obama administration will be fully impeached fully impeached that obviously it would be Biden obviously would be Obama because bottom line is they did everything and if Biden gets impeached during that investigation more stuff is going to come up that is something they don't want and think their communication their adamance they're so insanely foaming at the mouth trying to protect who is it Biden no is it the deep state in general yeah but who's representing their leadership Obama that's who they want to protect They want to protect them at any cost, any cost, that communication, damn it. And why are they so insane? Remember when I told you over a month ago, if we're seeing the Comey, one sliver section of the big thousands and thousands and thousands of pages and tomes of this investigation from the OIG, Horowitz himself, from his office, and Horowitz himself, if we're seeing a little piece that came out on Comey, it means it's done. Okay, because you have to go backwards on it, right? You're working back from where you are, kind of like if you got a spaceship and you really wanted to fix it, you would take the one you have and try to recreate it. Hitler did the same thing. A lot of people try to recreate things. They question people and non-people to find out exactly what's going on. But think, if we're going backwards and we have that, maybe... Just maybe remember back in the day in Campbell, Wisconsin, right before uh, their city ordinance was passed, people were claiming and screaming impeach Obama. We're talking years ago. Well, it's about time we get it done. And I told you from day one, 
is going to be about impeaching the previous president because that puts the nail in the coffin and seals the deep state gone. And in order to do that, I really, really think we need to gut the CIA. I think we really need to undo that. Truman, such a bad boy. So going into this, I want you guys to listen to Jim Jordan, who I absolutely adore. Let me tell you something. If he ran for president 2024, I would be like his shadow. I would be following him around and I would be his campaign person. And the only thing I would be doing is looking to see how we can rebut anything they say. Like, seriously, I know a lot of people are like, Don Jr., Don No, I want Jim Jordan. I want Jim Jordan there. I want Jim Jordan. I want him to be, I want President Jordan. After President Trump, I want President Jordan. Don Jr. or Eric can come later. We can't have a dynasty look because then we're not, we're almost the same thing as them, right? That's the way it is. We don't need dynasties. We need hard-hitting people. I love Don Jr. Don't get me wrong. He'd be great. So would Ivanka. She'd be okay. But I think the best thing for America to continue on the heels of President Trump is Jim Jordan. I'm telling you this, you know, in a reality, if I were a time traveler, the one that has Jim Jordan continues that path, continues the path that our president is now forging with fire because he is setting them on fire. Take a listen to Jim Jordan here. Ohio Republican Mike Turner there. The list goes on. Republican Senator Ben Sass called it very troubling. Republican Governors Phil Scott and Charlie Baker support the impeachment inquiry. Do you have any problem with a U.S. president asking a foreign power to work with his personal attorney and the U.S. attorney to, quote, look into his political right? A couple of things. I don't have any problem with the call. We've now seen the transcript. The president of Ukraine said that there was no pressure. He was not pushed. Um, Look, if Democrats want to impeach because uh, Rudy Giuliani talked to a couple of Ukrainians, good luck with that. I don't think the American people think that's the appropriate course of action. I think they see this for what it is. This is just one of the many and, and unending attacks the Democrats have leveled against this president. The Democrats just put us through three years of this phony Russia collusion investigation. And now on the heels of that, they come right back with this. We've all seen the transcript. There's nothing there. Uh, so I respectfully disagree with my colleagues who think that uh, there needs to be a further inquiry here. Well, let's talk about the transcript, because in that transcript, President Trump says this is with the Ukrainian president who desperately needed hundreds of millions of dollars in aid, including military aid, to beat back Russian aggression. President Trump says there's a lot of talk about Biden's son, that Biden stopped the prosecution. And a lot of people wanted to find out about that. That's not accurate. But in any case, that so whatever you can do with the attorney general would be great. Biden went around bragging. He stopped the prosecution. So if you could look into it, it sounds horrible to me. Again, the description of the matters there is inaccurate. But you really don't have any problem with the president of the United States leveraging his power to push a foreign leader to investigate a political rival? What I have a problem is what the Democrats are doing. Understand what happened here, Jake. You had a bureaucrat who didn't like the president. Wait, 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 wait. What we are know, you talking about? We know he didn't like the president. No, we, we don't know that. The general says there's an indicia of arguable political bias. That is, that Washington, could, that is Washington speak for this guy didn't like the president. That, that could, let's, actually, let me, let's go into that because I have that up here. Let me finish my statement. A bureaucrat who, di who didn't like the president uh, files a claim saying the president did something wrong in a call. This guy wasn't on the call. Someone else told him about the call. So the White House does something that's never been done before. They actually release the transcript. We see the transcript. There's nothing there. But the Democrats say, we don't care. We're going to move towards impeachment. They don't care about the facts. They don't care about the truth. And you know why we know that? Because Nancy Pelosi 
did a press conference the day before and said she was going to move towards impeachment the day before she even saw the transcript. That just shows you these folks are bound and determined to go after this president no mm. matter what. They did. They put the country through three years yeah. of this false Trump-Russia collusion issue all the way through. And it was so, the Michael Cohen hearing didn't do it for him. The John Dean hearing okay. didn't do it for him. The Bob Mueller hearing fell apart. The Corey Lewandowski hearing so, didn't do it for him. So now they come with this, the, the, the you, latest attack on the president. So there's a lot you said there. There's a lot of people that would look at what's in the Mueller report and say it's, that's not nothing. But talk, let's, talk about, the let's talk, let's talk about today. Let's talk about Not nothing. Oh, we would see a lot in there, but it's not nothing. Jake, you're just really lucky that when they all shut down their stations that we have a president like President Trump that has created jobs because you'll be able to find one. Because all these clowns, mark my words, past 2020, they will be down. I mean, CNN has already been downsizing. The only money they have is coming in from Europe and coming in from other nations where they're licensing their logo and claiming the CNN thing. That is keeping them afloat right now. They have cut almost every aspect of every department. Change my mind. They have no money. This is where you see how fake news operates. They don't like the uncomfortable truth. They want the people to listen to their narrative. Here's how he slams him down. Today, you just described this individual, this whistleblower, and I'm really actually surprised because I've covered whistleblowers when you were on the committee when, during the Obama years, and there was a lot more reverence for whistleblowers during that period from Republicans than I'm hearing today. You said that he was a bureaucrat who hated the president or disliked the president, biased against the president. Look what he said. You used to like whistleblowers. Now you don't. But this guy isn't even qualified to be a whistleblower. But OK, there is no evidence of that. Uh, let me read from the inspector general's report. It says, although the ICIG, that's the Intelligence Committee Inspector General's preliminary review, identified some indicia or as indicia of an arguable political bias on the part of the complainant in favor of a rival political candidate. Such evidence did not change my determination that the complaint related to the urgent concern appears credible uh, appears credible is in air quotes do you know what that means in legal speak uh not really but kind of is right it's kind of like saying it's he's going for the kill in a document a legal document you're going to put air quotes because you're not really killing someone you're annihilating whatever narrative so appears credible means i've got all the information telling me that there is political bias but it appears credible, yes, because Daniel Jones crafted that document, changed my mind, and narrated it as such that there's some dude that somehow falls under the purview of the uh, intelligence community IG that heard from a friend that heard from a friend, and he supposedly talks with a bunch of U.S. officials, and you don't refer to CIA analysts or any desk jockey for that matter or cryptologist as an official, right? No one would ever refer to me as an official when I did my job ever. Even when I worked on the Affordable Care Act, no one say, well, according to an official, we should know not official. I am one of many. And so this is how it goes. You put it down and you write it. This is legalese 101. There is arguable political bias, but appears credible in air quotes. I can say a lot of people appear credible, you know, Nadler and his pants and his little gavel appear credible because he sits on a chair and he has gavel. So he appears to be credible. So first of all, that could mean that he interned for John McCain 20 years ago. We have no idea what it means. Second of all, he says in that same sentence 
that it did not change his determination that the complaint is credible. That's a Trump appointee saying that. Two things you look at. Our committee, I'm on the oversight committee. We probably deal with more whistleblowers than any committee in Congress. Two things you look at to determine the credibility of a, of a so-called whistleblower when they're coming forward. First, did they have first-hand knowledge? And second, what is their motivation? Was there some kind of bias? This individual has problems on both of those counts. He had no first-hand knowledge. He heard something from someone who may have heard something from someone. No, no, his, so, his sources were first-hand so, sources. So he... He has, but he has no first-hand knowledge, and second, he has a political bias. That should tell us something about this guy who came forward with this claim. And now the Democrats are saying, because of this whistleblower, we're going to impeach the president. I say look at the transcript, and the transcript gives you no reason to impeach this president. Well, overturned an election where the people spoke, I think, loud and clear. You know, as well as I do, that you do not need to have first-hand knowledge to be a whistleblower. And even if... Well, you don't even, now because they changed the form. You used to, they changed the form. There's no evidence of that. And we looked into this. I know you're talking about, you're talking about that Federalist story. Wait a minute. He's saying there's no evidence of that. They actually changed their regulations. This is how they lie blatantly. It's not clear that that's accurate. And even so, experts say it has never been true. It has never been true that you need to have firsthand knowledge to be well, it, to be a whistleblower. But it's something that's critical when you're assessing if they're credible. That, well, that, that's a that's a major determination. So listen to this. Here's what the complaint says. OK, exactly. Let me give you an example. So I had a witness that's now dead that was killed by the police. This witness was himself considered not credible because he was now a drug addict uh, or drank, tried to get off of drugs that gave me outrageous accounts of sexual exploitation of minors that included himself as a victim. Now, me putting forward this complaint, one would say, well, the attorney general has come down on you and has been very harsh. So maybe this is why you're saying it. Really? Well, I've been interviewing this person from before the attorney general even found out who I was and that I was the one filing all these complaints. How is that possible? So even though I have meritful information, information that can be validated, like, you know, some senator being at, uh, you know, the Kentucky Derby and trying to solicit sex from a five-year-old, right, to try to have sex with a five-year-old because they come after you later, you can't be credible, but even before it is. This is how it works. When you vet a source, you have to make sure they're credible. And when I was talking with this specific individual, God rest his soul, because he was tortured, God only knows how much, I had to think, is he credible? Can he be that high on drugs or can he be that vicious against law enforcement that he would say something or against politicians for him to say something or, or, or. But you have to always take a step back and say, well, even though this happened doesn't mean anything. It's like saying a prostitute that goes and turns tricks for $50 then goes to the police and says, I was raped. I didn't agree to get money for sex. They raped me. Does that mean that she didn't get raped? No, it doesn't. But it means that her chances of being believed are less because she's normally a prostitute. That's not really fair, is it? So what Jake Tapper is trying to say, and I get it, is that just because he doesn't like Trump, He's not credible where the thing is, he doesn't have firsthand knowledge. He wasn't independent and he sat there and had conversations with multiple people, which means this was gossip and this was, um, you know, a different type of discussion if it even occurred because we've had this before. But the bottom line here is every person deserves the right in the eyes of our law and the way it is to confront their accuser.
And if this accuser is hiding under cloak and dagger, you know, it's for a reason. And the reason is they don't want you to know who sat there and put this information together with him. Because let's pretend that this guy actually heard this information and they're all talking. It's kind of like there's so many people in my state that know of one person who they know it was discussed that they got busted for trying to have sex with a child. But none of them are coming around. So if there's there's smoke, there's definitely fire. And so if they all came out and whistle blew together, could it be that they were partisan? No. I mean, for me, how could you say that I'm against this one person? They were a Republican. And their their wife even tried to run for lieutenant governor. So you have to think about it when it comes down to credibility. So, okay, question my credibility. I don't care. Take the facts. Don't tell me anything else. Bring the accuser. We're not even going to look. Like Jim Jordan said, he was very biased, doesn't look right. I'm telling you, take it a step further. All right, let's pretend there's no bias. Let's talk to him. Let's see how he formulated this complaint. Who guided him and gave him advice? That is where you see, again, going back to the first hour of the show, influence, spectrum. Remember, influence. This guy may say, well, you know, they were just talking about it. Well, are you willing to go on the record with that? I can put you in touch with someone that can do that. And then that person gives you just enough to move you down on that side of spectrum to make you believe it's fact. Because, you know, how many times have I sat down to put a complaint forward and it's um, really urgent, according to my eyes, but as I'm being guided through filing my complaint, it's suddenly not that urgent. I'm like, just poke this, forget it. Or how many times have you made a complaint where you're just like, yeah, it's like really no big deal. You're not really making a complaint. You're just, you know, you know, complaining. Just like, and then people make you realize that maybe you're a victim and you're just like, whoa, did I just get convinced that I'm a victim of this? Jeez, that's how it works. The covering of this guy is not because we don't, obviously we can attack the credibility, but if I was them, let's stick to the facts. Let's stick to the spectrum. It's like, yo, all right, you say this is credible. Let's do this. Now tell me how you formulated this complaint and, and how did you know that you can file a whistleblower complaint? Did you know? Did you read your employee handbook? What department do you actually work? Oh, and who did you go to to write this? Because you don't usually write legal reports. Well, I was coached by or I was told by or I was referred to by or I hired an attorney by and that is where you see where the push on the political spectrum came. That is exactly what happened. But they walk right into it. Take a listen. Okay, quote. This is from the whistleblower. The president used the remainder of the call to advance his personal interests. Namely, he sought to pressure the Ukrainian leader to take actions to help the president's 2020 re-election bid. Stop. So, namely, he used the remainder of the call to advance his personal interests. How do you know what the personal interests of the president is? Could it be a Big Mac? Could it be, what, him winning the election? He doesn't need help. He's got that all on his own. All you have to look at is all the people that are going to the rallies and all the people that are not going to the Democrat rallies. Okay, done. So how do you know that? That's an opinion. That's not a statement. That's not a fact. And the transcript showed that, too. Now, the acting director of national intelligence, Joseph McGuire, another Trump appointee, just like the inspector general, was asked by Congress about whether or not the transcript matched up with the complaint. Here's what he had to say. I would say that uh, the whistleblower's uh, complaint is in alignment uh, with what was released yesterday by the the president. So the acting director of national intelligence says that the transcript backs up what the whistleblower says. And we 
Wait, here's where we skew words, remember? It's in alignment with what the transcript of the call is. It's in alignment, meaning that it talks about real truth. Remember, how is the best way to skew a lie, how to create a narrative or a lie? You have a little bit of truth in there. It aligns doesn't mean it backs up. It aligns means that it's side by side. doesn't mean it's backing it up. There's a lot of things that align with things that don't back them up. And that's the bottom line. Uh, a lot of things, ha, huh, here's an example. I've told you how BCCI, that corrupt bank that was given out loans to all the corrupt people of the world would give out loans and loans and loans and never ask them to pay back because they figured out that NGOs would drop $3 million and then they'd write you a loan for $3 million and don't care if you don't pay it back because they got it from the NGO, right? Remember how that worked? So that aligns, right? That aligns with amalgamated bank. The only way that I can say that the BCCI, um, you know, footprint uh, backs up what Amalgamated Bank is, is from what I discovered this weekend. So boom, boom, boom. Guess how much money the Democrats raised in Mexico? Take a wild guess. The Democrats raised $10 million in Mexico. What did the Hill report? That Amalgamated Bank extended a credit line of $10 million to the Democrats. Oh, what a coincidence. That is how alignment and backing up is. So once I align, it means that, hey, it's similar, but you got to back it up. And none of the stuff that the guy said was backed up by what's happening, right? So all of the stuff that I said about Amalgamated Bank aligned with that of BCCI, specifically more so because of the FDIC's investigation into Amalgamated Bank that found that they had all these open loans, just like BCCI did. But that was 2011. It's 2019. How do we prove that? Well, we got to wait and see what they got in Mexico. Oh, it wasn't, they got 10 million in Mexico and suddenly they got a 10 million line of credit. But where did that 10 million in Mexico go? Did it get added to the DNC's bank account or did an NGO deposit 10 million? Or maybe they raised 20 million and gave themselves the 10 that they could legitly like transfer over according to FTC and the other they couldn't. So it went through one company and went to one company to another NGO company, another NGO company, boom, right into amalgamated bank and amalgamated says here, 10 million. See, this is how you back up your alignment. The alignment is one thing. Backup is a totally different story. We also found out that the White House did, in fact, take the transcript and put it in this secret compartmentalized uh, compartmented uh, computer server to, to block anybody else from getting it. So those are the two main charges. You mean just like every other president has since forever, ever, ever, because Telcon is classified under presidential archive. And you should know that, Jake Tapper, because it was Barack Hussein Obama who signed that executive order the first day in office. And they're both true. They're both true. You know why they put it in the, in the, in the, in the, in the classified server? Because this administration, there was a, there was a study, Jake, right here, done by the, by the Senate in 2017. More leaks in the first five months, state security leaks in the first five months of the Trump administration than any other administration. They should be putting everything in there. With folks around you who are leaking information, we remember the call to the former prime minister of Australia. Here's what it says. It is a fact that the Trump administration has been besieged by leaks at a level that far exceeds that of any other minister. I recognize you guys don't want so, the, the okay. facts coming no, 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 out. No, no, oh, my protect- God. We don't want the facts coming out. Why? We want leaders to... That's a fact. So we wanted the former disgraced Australian prime minister's, you know, discussion with President 
Trump to come out? No, because then no country trusts us. Look at how they flip it. Oh, you don't want facts to come out, do you? It's not the facts. It's the trust. And we can't even trust the people that are hovering around the president. Like I said, God bless him. I don't know how he does it. He can't even trust the glass of water next to his bed when he wakes up in the morning. From the leaks, if, if I'm the Trump administration, I'd be putting every communication in this. In this, The leaks are of accurate information. The this, leaks are of accurate information. Jake, you don't you, like the leaks gonna, coming who you out. Gonna believe? The guy who had first, back to the whistle, who are you going to believe? The guy who had first-hand knowledge and who was on the call, President Zelensky, who said he wasn't pressured, or the guy who didn't have first-hand knowledge? We've seen the knowledge. transcript. The guy, that's what I'm saying. The guy who didn't have first-hand knowledge and, is, and had a motive against the president, the president. According to the acting director of national intelligence, the transcript is in alignment with the whistleblower complaint. We all see it. We alignment. all see it. It's a conversation. Zelensky wants military aid, and President Trump asks him to look into the Bidens. I can't believe that that's okay with you. (laughs) Zelensky brings up he wants to drain the swamp in his country. Here's the thing. In my article, it's very clear. USAID is how Soros funds money. And we know this from Victoria Newland's emails. But see, Jake Tapper won't tell you about the Victoria Newland emails, nor will he tell you how he puts that together. Take a listen to what he goes into now. Suggesting that Biden called for the prosecutor to be fired to protect his son. And that's not what happened. And President Trump says... He asked for the prosecutor to get fired, not to protect his son, just because he feels like it. And what gives him the right to demand that a prosecutor get fired in the first place, Jake? Oh, my gosh. This is exactly where I know it's okay that he could ask for the prosecutor, but it just wasn't about his son. How do you know? It's not even okay to ask for a foreign prosecutor to get fired. It's like President Trump going to China and saying, fire your minister of finance. No, you don't do that. That's not your business. That's their country. Mind your business. But here, Biden not only asked him to get fired, but he demanded that Luchenko, who had already done time for corruption as minister of internal affairs, that wasn't an attorney, be appointed in his place in the, in, 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 as succession. And don't, don't forget that Luchenko was sentenced to four years in prison did about three, and that's because the Obama administration, along with the EU high courts, helped get him out earlier. So you've got a guy that did time for corruption. You want him there. So Biden didn't just demand that they appoint the one he wants. He also demanded that they change their country's laws to allow to allow a person without a law degree be the highest lawyer in the land. Take a listen to this closing wannabe argument that Jake Tapper wants to put forward. Went after this president on July 31st. They did a crappy an job then because they, they didn't even acknowledge there was an no, investigation they went after him. until after the election. They spied on two Americans associated with President Trump's campaign. They put Peter Strzok in charge of that if campaign. They were, the, guy who, the guy who said Trump should lose okay. $100 million to zero. They allowed, they allowed if, Jim Comey leaked documents to get a special sir. counsel. They used a dossier to go get a warrant. Okay, now we're campaign. back to the dossier. No, I'm just Strzok. saying that's what happened to President Trump, if, and then in li- and now, now that none of that worked, none of that. Worked. I understand so you want to change the subject, but the president no, was pushing it. It is the, the subject of Ukraine to investigate a political rival. I cannot believe that that is okay with you. I can't believe it's okay with you. If this is a principle. Okay, let's put it this way. Criminal investigation started before he was a political rival. He didn't even announce till April 25th. He waited for the elections of the Ukraine to come out. This is all happening thanks to them. They walked right into it and we let them do it. Because this way, releasing the FISA report before Brexit elections isn't meddling in UK elections. I mean, you guys asked for it. See how that works. The plan comes as the plan was supposed to go. We planned it a long time ago. God bless everyone from all of us here at Red State. See you tomorrow.